This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Mary Margaret Miller, here today with Kamel King. As we do every Friday, we'll be traveling across the state, letting you know about people, places, and events that make Mississippi a unique and fascinating place. Today, we start this road trip in Greenville for the 7th annual Delta Hot Tamale Festival. Then we'll head to Rolling Fork for the Great Delta Bear Affair. Next, we'll be in Biloxi and visit Terror on the Coast and in the show with hip-hop artist Silas. Don't go far because you don't want to miss the ride here on Next Stop Mississippi. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller here today with Kamel King. As we do each and every Friday, we'll be traveling through the state letting you know about people, places, and events that make Mississippi such a fun place. Today we are starting our road trip in Greenville for the annual Hot Tamale Festival, which we're super excited about sharing, Um, but so pleased to be back in the studio with my co-host, Kamel King. We've been ships in the night. I know. So it's wonderful to be reunited. Kamel, what's been keeping you busy? Oh, I've missed you, and I've missed the the listeners and being on here. Uh, God, I miss Next Stop when I'm going on Fridays, Uh, but we just got back visiting Mississippi, uh, represented at Crescent City. Music Festival in New Orleans this past weekend, and it was awesome. Smack dab right there at Lafayette Park, and uh, best weather you could have ever prayed for. Thousands and thousands of people, and we had people from Mississippi gracing the stage, from Keisha Pratt brand, Band all the way uh, to, to other artists, and Mississippi was the only one there representing, and we just spread the love and all kind of stuff. I love that. I love that you brought Keisha Pratt. She is such a dynamic performer. Mm-hmm. One we've had on Next Stop Mississippi before, I believe. If not, we got to get her. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm sure you can make happen. Most certainly. But that's great. So you're there, uh, I guess, talking to folks at the festival, interesting them in the Mississippi Blues Trail or other attractions? Most certainly. Uh, Myself and two other colleagues went out there and uh, people from all over the world. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many countries were there. Wanted to talk about Mississippi and their visit there and and how it was just a mecca, music mecca for them. And if they had not been, how it was on their bucket list and we just incentivized them to come and just share the wealth that we have to offer all of the world. That's so cool. How exciting. Well, and from what I understand, that music festival is free. It's like one of those last, like, remaining awesome, open-to-the-public-come-as-you-are sort of events in in New Orleans proper. Man, it was the best weather, best people, best vibes, great music, great barbecue. 
And, uh, yeah, we had a great time. We painted it Mississippi before we left. I love that. Painted it Mississippi. <laughs> we're going to coin that uh, Camille King quote. Well, we're really glad to have on the lines joining us this morning, Daniel Boggs. He is the CEO of Main Street Greenville, and he's here to tell us all about the seventh annual Delta Hot Tamale Festival. Hey, Daniel. Hey, how are you guys doing this morning? Oh, we're really well, Daniel. You're one of our sort of annual guests. We always enjoy talking about the Delta Hot Tamale Festival, and I know you guys have put together an incredible weekend once again. Um, tell us a little bit about, before we get into the festival, about Main Street Greenville and what you guys are doing these days. Yeah, well, let me go ahead and first, first and foremost say thank you guys for having us as an annual visitor on this talk show. You know, the relationship that we have and, and being able to promote this event in the Mississippi that has become very popular. Um, you know, nationwide, to be quite honest with you, uh, had our welcome dinner last night um, that had 185 individuals from it, and 70% of those individuals were from outside the state of Mississippi. So, you know, thank you all for your uh, help and help spreading this word for this festival and, and getting it a little bit more publicity. Um, but the, the Hot Tamale Festival, we're entering our seventh year this year. It always occurs on the third weekend in October. Um, and, you know, the foundation of the festival is the same. We still have the tamale contest. We still have the eating contest. We still have live music. We, but, you know, we do we do expand those each and every year. You know, it's a festival that, you know, our organization and, you know, our, committee, our committees and our members and our board, you know, we do analyze this festival each and every year to figure out you know, how can we make it better? Um, in regards to Main Street Greenville, you know, we're an organization that's committed to the revitalization efforts of downtown Greenville. And over years, we have made significant strides uh, in revitalizing downtown Greenville. Obviously, it's a problem that a lot of rural communities have. Um, but over the past five years, we've had about $40 million worth of investments coming into our area. Wow. And a lot of that has been focused into the downtown area. Um, we have a new federal courthouse that's coming to Greenville that's going to be in downtown Greenville as well. Uh, you know, but Main Street is all about promoting small business uh, and, and that network that usually exists within successful communities. So all the net proceeds from this festival are going to continue to go help uh, downtown Greenville and its revitalization, revitalization efforts. Now, Dan, you're going back to hot tamales. Uh, I do a pretty extensive amount of traveling, and so does Mary Margaret. And wherever we go, once you leave the South, people are like, oh, I came down there and I had hot tamales, and they were the best thing ever, and they don't have them other places. But you guys are coined as the hot tamale capital of the world. How do you think that happened? Well, I know how it happened. Um, you know, we had a guy here uh, back in the late 90s, uh, uh, Frank Carlton, uh, who understood uh, the importance of the hot tamale and, and what it had with our community. Obviously, the hot tamale came up uh, with the Mexican immigrants that came to kind of work the fields um, with the agriculture industry, and they taught, you know, the locals their trade and how to make these tamales. And, you know, we always talk about the, the, the culinary art of food, and obviously a tamale is, is a good example of that. You know, I don't think any two people make a tamale the same. Um, but, you know, they taught it to the people from the Mississippi Delta, and the Mississippi Delta took off and made it kind of their own. That's why it's called the Delta Hot Tamale. That's why we do celebrate that style. Um, but Frank Carlton, he tried to do a cooking contest with the Somalis, a little local event. I, I don't think it was as successful as they wanted it to be, uh, and it kind of died out. 
Uh, but in 2007, the Southern Foodway Alliance, uh, in, in partnership with Viking Corporation, came out with an article called the Tamale Trail, and we actually have it featured on our website, that says that Greenville, Mississippi, per capita, has the most tamale vendors um, in any other community. I want to say it, it's, it's a large part of the southeast, uh, but I can't remember the exact uh, boundary of where that map was taking place. Um, you know, so we, we really capitalized on that. And, um, you know, we have more tamale vendors, unique tamale vendors that come out each and every year. We have 32 tamale vendors that are coming as far away as Oklahoma City uh, to participate in this year's festival. And all of them are very unique. Um, so, you know, it's something that we proudly stand behind. And, it, you know, we threw this festival year one, uh, you know, hoping that it would be a success. We had about 5,000 people that showed up. Uh, and it has just grown each and every year. Uh, this is definitely a, a cultural experience. Uh, you know, we, we really do try to highlight our culture. And we have a theme that we play on as well. You know, we do the bluegrass, the blues, country music. So whenever you come here to the Hot Tamale Festival, you are going to see part of the culture of the Mississippi Delta. That's so cool. 32 vendors. That's uh, going to take a little bit of time to get around and visit those vendors. Daniel, talk a little bit about how people really like consume the festival. So let's say I come out tomorrow. Do I get to sample tamales from 32 vendors? Or do, do I purchase them in a, in a specific spot? Well, a lot of these people are going to be selling. We primarily set our vendors up in the 200 block of Washington Avenue, and we are going all the way to the 500 block of Washington Avenue. Now, we are taking up some side streets. This year's festival is going to be seven blocks long. Um, but as far as electrical capacity, we have to center a lot of our tamale vendors in the 200 block. We do have an event, uh, and it's something that actually happened three years ago. Uh, my dad, we're actually from Florence, Mississippi, which is just south of Jackson. And my dad was up about three or four years ago, and uh, I, I took a break during lunch, and he and I were walking down Washington Avenue, and he said, well, which one should I try? And I was giving him the description of each and every one of them. And, um, and he said, well, you know what? I really wish that I could just try one of each. Um, well, you know, tamale vendors want to sell you their tamales in a dozen. So, but, you know, the light bulb went off. I said, you know what? We need to turn that into an event. And we created what we call Flavors of the Festival, hmm. where it's actually a tamale tasting and beer pairing uh, event oh, that you nice. buy a ticket to. Uh, we have seatings at 11, 12, and 1. Now, 12 and 1 are completely sold out. Uh, but you get to come in, and you actually get to try nine unique award-winning tamales, and we're going to tell you the story about them, and you're going to be able to sample them and try them, and we talk about the history of the festival as well. So um, you can you can try the tamales from that standpoint, uh, but if you go up to the 32 vendors, they're going to sell it to you in a dozen <laughs> format. But, you know, most people that come here, uh, most of them have not tried a tamale, so it is really a unique experience for them. Well, and you guys have such a wonderful local brewery in Greenville, Mighty Miss. Uh, I imagine you're pairing those tamales with some of their great craft beer. Yes, we are. We're very proud of Mighty Miss. You know, whenever you're talking about the revitalization efforts of downtown, they are the brewery that opened, uh, and they're doing really good on the distributing. Uh, but we are very proud of the success they have. I want to say that they're up to seven or eight different types of beer right now um and we're actually helping support an event for them tonight you know we, we're doing like a support your local community event um so they're going to have the brewery open tonight and we're going to be doing tasting samplings as well uh but yes we are very proud of them and we definitely want to highlight their beer in it uh any chance we can and it will be also for sale uh at this year's festival to the public over the age of 21.
Absolutely. And Mm -hmm. I will actually also be uh, joining you guys at Mighty Mississippi, uh, Mighty Miss rather, this afternoon for a little event newsroom from the tap room. We're going to be interviewing the mayor and some other movers and shakers uh, around downtown Greenville. So looking forward to seeing you guys a little bit later today. Great. Well, we'll have to swing by and see you. We have uh, we have Main Street, Mississippi that's coming to the event this year. We're actually, you know, we're big on numbers um, and we've always guessed that, you know, 18 to 20,000 people come to this event each and every year. But this year we've actually commissioned Mississippi State um, and Main Street, uh, Mississippi, to come in and actually do an economic impact study. So we're excited to see the numbers, and we're going to be out visiting with everybody tonight um, just, you know, to kind of get their stories and, and thank them for coming out as well. Nice. Now, uh, Daniel, we can't let you go without asking you about the Miss Hot Tamale pageant, which is just such a fun um, element of the festival, (laughs) a really unexpected element. So tell our listeners a bit about this unique piece of the festival. Uh, That that is so funny. I mean, it really has evolved. Uh, So background, you know, somebody asked me, I was speaking at an event earlier this year, and they started asking about different components. Uh, the festival, I said, you know, a lot of this really just happens by accident. You know, mm-hmm. I wish that I could take credit for it, but a lot of it really just happens by accident. Uh, but, you know, obviously we love doing pageants and we love giving out scholarships and money to the, to the winners and the young kids, you know, and get them in, involved in community activities. If you become Miss Hot Tamale, you become an ambassador for the community, and we have you at several different events throughout the year to help continue pushing Greenville. But the first year when it was just a Miss Hot Tamale pageant, you know, it's just like similar like every pageant, um, you know, that you would typically see. But there was a girl that came out, and I can't remember her name as of right now, but her entire dress was made out of corn shucks. And it was, it was actually very, it was a nicely put together dress. And from that point, um, you know, we said, wow, that's an excellent idea. Uh, and we started awarding extra points for anybody that incorporated corn shucks into their gown. But it's so funny. Um, everybody does it now. They get involved. The kids get into making their dresses with their parents. We have expanded it from Miss Hot Tamale to Tiny Miss Hot Tamale, Junior Miss Hot Tamale. I think we have like four or five categories that we award now and give you know scholarships to as well. Uh, but it's so funny to see that you know the seven eight year olds coming out in dresses made of corn shucks and, and you know all the way up to the seniors as well. Uh, but that is a fun event. It's, it's growing each and every year, just like the festival as a whole. But, you know, that is just an element of the festival um, that we really do have a lot of fun with. Mm-hmm. And I assume you're also hosting the Hot Tamale Eating Contest again this year. Yum, you, yum. Last year's winner, I believe, ate nearly 30 hot tamales. Oh, I, I could kill. I could smash them. tamales in five minutes. And that, you know, what we do not tell everybody is they actually have to pull the husk off the tamale before they eat it so in order to eat 29 oh that's um, a lot of work you know, that's that's amazing but you know i tell everybody that, that is the that is the deal of the century um we are fortunate to have infinite concepts which is a local it corporation here uh that sponsors that event so the entry is very low it's ten dollars to get in and we accept up to i think 14 people to enter this contest uh and it is all you can eat those hot tamales, which are, you know, nationally known, uh, for five minutes. So, you know, I keep, I keep telling them, it's like, if you go to Doe's and order a dozen tamales, you're going to be paying, you know, $15, 16 $17 for it. You can come here and eat all you want for $10 in five minutes. So, <laughs> yeah, there, is a, there are a few people that do take it very seriously, but there are also a few people that get there and just have fun with it. So, uh, it, but that is also a highlight of the festival. 
Uh, we have many things going on. We still have three music stages um, that we'll be playing all day long. We have some great entertainment coming in. Uh, Steve Selvich, who's originally from uh, um, Greenville, Mississippi, and the Greyhounds will be the highlight of this year's festival. We're also Rob Mortimer and Eden Brent will be playing on the main stages this year as well. So um, really looking forward to a good time. So much local talent to share both in the culinary world, in the in the music world, just a lot of good things happening in downtown Greenville. Congratulations to you, Daniel, and um, enjoy your weekend. I know you guys are already off to a great start with your annual literary culinary mashup that takes place all day today. I, I believe you're sold out, but um, more fun to it come is. tomorrow. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, we started last night with the welcome dinner, and uh, all the hotels uh, within, a, I think, a 40-mile race have been sold out for the past two months. Wow. So, uh, again, we're, we're excited about the turnout and um, looking forward to a good weekend. But thank you all again for having us uh, on your radio show. Yeah, such a great example of, of success yeah. in culinary and cultural tourism. There I mean, you go. Well, all the exactly. hotels are full. That's just, just amazing. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. All right, it is time for us to take our first break, but when we return, we are headed to Rolling Fork for the Great Delta Bear Affair. Stay tuned. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Running a business requires smart decisions every day. Make a good decision for your company today and reach MPB listeners through MPB program underwriting. For more information, go to mpbonline.org underwriting. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller with MississippiToday.org, here with Visit Mississippi's Kamel King. Before the break, we spoke with Daniel Boggs about the Delta Hot Tamale Festival taking place all through the weekend in downtown Greenville. We had a lot of fun talking to Daniel about this weekend's events and some of the ancillary programming they have going on. I mentioned that I will also be in Greenville this afternoon, excited to hit the road and Get Delta Bound, one of my favorite uh, directions to go, for Newsroom from the Tap Room, an event Mississippi Today is hosting alongside Mighty Miss Brewing Company. We'll be there uh, starting at 4 o'clock with a, a fun panel discussion at 4.30 with Mayor Eric Simmons and uh, one of our reporters, Kelsey Davis, MPB's Alex Watts, excited about uh, getting down there, having some conversation, hanging out with all these folks who are in town for the Tamale Festival and looking forward to this afternoon. So come out. 
free event, we'd be glad to see you. Now, Kamel, yes. you've also got some awesome opportunities yes, for our I listeners. Yes, I do. I do, and I'm very excited about it. Speaking of great things to do this weekend, the Native Sun Show is going on at Dueling Hall this Sunday, October 21st, featuring Paul Thorne and Steve Azar. It's going to be a live acoustic show, also with a viewing of both of their documentaries. Uh, and Paul Thorne's documentary is airing very heavy on MPB. Very, very interesting. Both of these are super interesting and accomplished musicians and songwriters who have been all over the world, who are back home in Mississippi to put on a show for uh, their home state. And we are giving away four tickets uh First callers to call in to MPB Ring, that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. One eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We are going to give away uh, two couples. You will be able to get tickets. All you got to do is call in, give us your name, your number, and email address, and we will leave your names at the front door. But you do not want to miss this show. Paul Thorne and Steve Azar, all in one room. It's going to be explosive. So call us now. I, I love the program you guys have put together because we get to watch pieces of Paul Thorne's Mission Temple Fireworks Revival documentary. That's that's right. And something in the water, Steve Azar and the King's Men. That's BB King's band. That's right. Um, so we'll see pieces of those documentaries, uh, solo acoustic performances, and then those guys are going to come together and do an acoustic set. So that will be a, an incredible night of music. Oh, man. And learning and stories. Yep. And a lot of fun. Yep. And yours truly will be hosting. So you get to see this ugly mug for free if you call one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Leave your name and you have won. Well, we've added to that Native Sons list. It's not just Steve, Steve Azar and Paul Thorne. Kamel King is in the mix. Hello. Well, that's an incentive if I've ever heard one. <laughs> all right. Happy to have on the phone with us our friend Meg Cooper. She is here to tell us all about the 2018 Great Delta Bear Affair. Hi, Meg. Good to have you. Hey, Mary Margaret. Thanks. Uh, thank you for having me. And those two guys you were just talking about, Paul Thorne and Steve Azar, have both graced the stage at previous Great Delta Bear Affairs. And we have a great musical lineup again this year. Well, Meg, this morning I was uh, telling my husband about today's show, and, and we, we both remarked literally at the same time. I mean, you have incredible programming throughout the day, but you guys always knock it out with the music. You guys do not... Um, uh, not, nothing's left to spare on the music lineup at Great Delta Bear Affair. And you have a really fun theme this year. Every year you do a theme, but this one is, I think, especially exciting. It is. This year we are celebrating uh, the incredible Hope Collier, uh, <laughs> who was President Roosevelt's you know, guide on that famous bear hunt that led to the naming of stuffed toy bears as teddy bears. And, you know, every year we kind of, you know, have a different little theme. And this year we really wanted to focus on Hope Collier. So we've thrown a couple of activities in there that um, just to draw a little more attention to Hope Collier. I mean, just to think of a story like Hope Collier, I mean, you know, a, a black man who was born as a slave and then, you know, matriculated into being a Confederate soldier and, you know, rising through the ranks and ending up in 1902 taking president 
Theodore Teddy Roosevelt on, you know, a bear hunt and being so iconic with his rise to that pinnacle of his life and his story that, you know, it is being celebrated by a documentary that is, of course, 20 minutes that you guys will be airing and being honored. Tell us about how important his story is and why you guys chose to use that as the theme this year. Oh, his story is just, you know, almost, you know, too fantastic to be true, but it is. Uh, and Minor Buchanan wrote that wonderful book about Hulk Collier, and um, that just, and it tells the story of his life. And if nobody, if somebody has not read it, I recommend that you read it. But the documentary that Jamie Matthews put together last year, I think he had a bicentennial grant to do this documentary, and it is a wonderful short documentary on Hulk Collier that takes you through his life and just tells you what a fantastic person he is and what a mark he made on history, just being an African-American and doing all of the things that he did, from Confederate soldier to Ninth Texas cavalryman to um, being a cowboy um, outdoorsman and killed over 3,000 black bears in his lifetime. And he was selected, because he was the best bear hunter in the area, to be the guide for President Roosevelt on that bear hunt when he came to Sharkey County, Mississippi. It's it's Man. incredible to imagine that that era, that time, and just such a remarkable man in life. And what was often really an undertold story, Meg, I think until you and your organization really embraced it and said, this is important. This is part of who mm-hmm. we are. Right, right. The, you know, so many people just did not know the legend of the teddy bear and that it started here, that it came from the president refusing to kill that bear that Hulk Collier had hit over the head, lassoed and tied to a tree, and the president did not kill that bear, and that's what started the whole um, naming of stuffed toy bears as teddy bears. Wow. It's just a fantastic Mississippi story mm, that mm, everybody mm. needs to get know, but they need to know about Hulk Collier and his role in it. And I encourage people to come out, and the documentary, we are going to show it at 11 a.m. and again at 2 p.m. in our library, and it is just, you know, a wonderful addition to the festival, and it is such a great great show. I would love for people to come to the Great Delta Bear Fair and take 20 minutes out of your day and come sit in either the heat or the air conditioning, whichever one is needed that day. <laughs> yeah. You know, enjoy enjoy the movie. Man, that's Margaret, right. that so would have been me. Like, I'd have been there. I'd have been the president of the United States. Like, no, I just can't kill him. <laughs> I'm such an animal person. It just would have broke me down with all the men standing around like, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> well, I, I just sit here and imagine what sort of um, bravery and just general, like, um, I don't know what the word is, <laughs> yeah. but to knock a bear a a giant bear over the head and tie it to a tree. I mean, I would be scared to That's death a to even see a bear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think he was motivated. That bear was mauling his dogs. And, you know, like any hunter that hunts with dogs, but especially then, hmm. you know, his dogs were very special to Hulk Collier, and especially that little dog, Jocko, that he carried with him. Um, on his horse, you know, he was a little small dog, and Jocko would nip at the bear, and the bear had picked Jocko up and, you know, was just killing him. And so Holt was so angry and wanted to preserve his bears, but he knew he couldn't shoot the bear because that honor was supposed to be reserved for the president. So mm. instead, he hit him over the head. <laughs> Knocked wow. Him silly. 
I cannot wait to see this documentary. Wow. That is fascinating. Now, uh, Meg, as we mentioned before, this year's theme is The Incredible Holt. You're giving a play on superheroes, which are so big right now with kids. And because this festival is next Saturday, the 27th, as you lead into Halloween, I'm sure you're going to see a lot of fun little superheroes um, out there enjoying the day. Oh, I hope we are. We have a superhero fun run. Uh, first thing, to kick off the morning at 9 a.m., we want people to come out dressed as your favorite superhero and participate in the 5K. You can run it, walk it, whatever. Now, Meg, one thing you guys do that really is particular to the Great Delta Bear Affair is we often on this show and in Mississippi generally talk about arts and culture, but you really make nature and the the outdoor assets of Mississippi, such a central part of this festival. Let's talk a little bit about how you do that. We do. Uh, Well, on the Friday before the festival, we invite fourth graders from the counties all surrounding us. Uh, We're going to have about 400 fourth graders here next Friday, and we have Youth Education Day, and they get to hear the teddy bear story from Case Hicks, who is our Theodore Roosevelt living historian, and from Ollie Morganfield, who is our Holt Collier living historian. They'll be there, and they'll hear the story of the teddy bear hunt, but then they'll also be Terry Vandeventer will do his Mississippi Snakes program for the kids, and they never get tired of that. He'll repeat that again Saturday during the festival. And then the um, students will rotate through stations uh, that teach about, you know, habitat, conservation, that black bears, of course. Uh, You know, they'll go through those stations and get to learn a little bit that day as well. And then on Saturday, we, um, several of our um, public lands in the area, the Theodore Roosevelt Wildlife Refuge Complex, Delta National Forest, Um, also the Bear Group of Mississippi, they all have educational booths set up during the day, you know, for people to come by and visit and learn a little bit about our public lands and learn a a little bit about the wildlife that inhabits them and also to, you know, as the focus of our festival is, to learn about the black bears. Really cool. Now, um, another, I I mean, I give credit to you for this, but another really cool thing that I feel like you guys in Rolling Fork have brought to the surface in Mississippi is um, mound tours and archaeological tours. Mm -hmm. You um, have a lot to offer in that area, and you really show it off. We do. We, We try to have something for everyone. And that is, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I just think that is a wonderful part of our festival. Uh, Sam Brooks, who is an archaeologist, he, and he's so passionate about it, he does the best mound tours through this area. And Sam will be leading um, mound tours uh, twice during the day at 10 a.m. and at 2 p.m. What he does is um, he will meet people at the vis- at our Rolling Fork Museum and Visitor Center, a little local visitor center. And in there, there are several um, Native American artifacts that have been donated by people, and they were all found in Sharkey County. And then he takes people on. You drive your own car, and you would follow Sam. And he goes to three mound groups that are close to downtown Rolling Fork. He will go to the Rolling Fork Mounds. He will go to Mount Helena. And he will go to the Carter Mounds. And he will tell about what they know. All three of these mound groups are on the Mississippi Mound Trail. And he will talk about the mounds. He will talk about the people that built these mounds. And just let people learn a little history about them. 
That's great. That is great. Now, uh, Meg, there's so much more to talk about, but we are uh, nearing the end of this segment. I want you to tell our listeners where they can go to look at this great music lineup, see your um, hourly schedule throughout the day, and just learn a lot more. Oh, great. We will, um, greatdeltabearaffair.org is our website, and you can find everything there. We also have a Facebook page, so... Please visit us and please come to Rolling Fork next weekend for the Great Delta Bear Affair. All right. Thank you so much, Meg Cooper. I think I'm going to enter in the Chuck Burger eating contest this year. That would be great. I have a feeling I might do well. (laughs) All right. We're going to take another quick break, but when we return, we'll head to Biloxi for Terror on the Coast. This is really terrifying. I'm telling you. So get ready to be spooked when we return. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. If you go down in the woods today, you'd better go in disguise. For every bear that ever there was will gather there for certain, because today's the day the teddy bears have their picnic. MPB would like to thank Daniel, Coker, Horton, and Bell and the Mississippi Healthcare Alliance for underwriting MPB programs. Your company can be an underwriter, too. Find out more. Go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting to find out how. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller with MississippiToday.org here with Visit Mississippi's Kamel King. We've been traveling across the state letting you know about great events happening this weekend and next. Before the break, we spoke with Meg Cooper about the Great Delta Bear Affair in Rolling Fork taking place next weekend. So you've got plenty of time to plan. We are so excited to announce our winners yes. for the Native Sun Show this Sunday at Dueling Hall in Jackson. Yes. Drum roll. Drum roll. Yeah. We've got Dominique Ramsey, who won a a set of tickets to the uh, Native Sun Show, and Valencia Vaughn. Congratulations to you guys. Can't wait to see you at the show. You will not be disappointed. You're going to love it. Yes, so Dominique and Valencia, make sure to come up to both. Kamel and I will be there having a good time. And That's right. Tell us who you are, and thanks so much for listening. We're glad you called in and glad you're going to take advantage of these uh, special tickets. And everybody else, just come on out. It's going to be a great event. What else are you doing on Sunday uh, evening? Come on out and enjoy this show. Absolutely, absolutely. Turn off the Netflix and get out of the house. All right, glad to have with us Kevin Mitchell. He is owner, part owner of Terror on the Coast, taking place now through October 31st. Uh, Kevin, good to have you. Thank you. Good to be here. Now, Kevin, we have been watching this short video oh on your God. website, terrorontheCoast.com, and are just completely freaked out. So uh, you've got a really authentic terror experience um, happening in Gulfport. Talk a little bit about how this project got off the ground. Well, my, my partner has been in the movie industry for 20 years now, and uh, we've been longtime pickers. We go picking together and... Uh, We've been doing it for years, and he came up with the idea 20 years ago to open up a prop company in New Orleans, and, uh, you know, the movie industry was filming there, and uh, we started uh, we started renting props, or he did. I was actually in a different profession, and uh, I was in sales, and he started uh, renting props, and next thing you know, uh, you know, he wanted to open up a prop house in Louisiana, and I'm from Gulfport, and he's from, uh, from New Orleans, so... Uh, 
he ended up opening a pop house in, in, in the New Orleans area in Madisonville, and uh, it just he kind of took off from there. And he'd, he'd been on me about coming to work, you know, with him. And I was building stuff in the movie industry in my part-time uh, and on the weekends. And uh, we just grew into a pop company. And uh, about 12 years ago, I resigned from the company I was with and, and jumped off in it with him. And uh, the Gulfport location, we opened up an overflow in our prop house and uh about i guess it was 2014 we were working on american horror story wow mm. texas chainsaw massacre and, and a few other horror films and uh so we got all the props back at one time and we brought it over to our guffport location uh we had just entered that building and we were using it for an overflow with hoping that the movie industry would uh would keep our tax credits here in mississippi and we would start uh, written props, but that didn't happen. So uh, we started getting phone calls from uh, from other haunted houses, big ones in the United States. Uh, one in particular from Cincinnati, and they wanted to buy all of our, our horror props. And we said, well, we don't sell them, but we'll rent them to you. And it just got us thinking, you know, my partner said, how long has it been since you had a good haunted house in, on the Gulf Coast? And I was born and raised here, and I said, well, we've had a few of them but uh, none that really lasted for a long time, and that's what we do. We build sets and build props, and so we said, let's get in there and build one and, and open one up. So that's kind of it, it kind of the birth of Terra on the Coast was, was kind of an accident. Well, and Kevin, as you just described, I mean, this is not amateur hour. This is <laughs> right. Hollywood, you know, blockbuster horror film grade horror experience in this um i mean that 30 second video was like an intense horror movie you know that you guys have and so is it so scary that uh, i hear that people have to sign a waiver well they, they don't we we have rules and of course the, the normal rules you know if you have heart conditions or anything and uh you know please don't enter enter at your you know, you're, you're, use your own discretion for your kids to come in. We have people call all the time. But, you, you know, we, we, we don't have anything to mind in the haunted house. Mm-hmm. It's all good, clean scare and good, clean fun. There's no real um, – there, there's nothing uh, – uh, how can I say this? Uh, every room is completely different. So one minute you might be in a psych ward, and then you might be entering a doll room or a circus. We have a 2,800-square-foot over-the-top funhouse circus that most of that stuff come out of American Horror Story, the freak show. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, it's really, really cool. And then we have a butcher room. We have 29 rooms in the whole hunt growing to that. It takes about 25, 30 minutes to get through it. Uh, and then we're, we're all indoors. We're in a 100,000-square-foot warehouse uh, that was built in the 1940s. So on the front end of the building, we have entertainment. We have uh, concession, baller, um, you know, so it's and, – and you wait inside. Uh, nothing's outside. That's great, especially this time of year, absolutely. Well, uh, Camille and I have had the the luck of touring um, what you call the warehouse, your your prop house on the Gulf Coast. Uh, it was not during uh, the the horror, um, the terror on the coast 
you know, um, time. But it's an amazing space, as yeah. you said. It's huge, um, so much to take in, and really just an incredible uh, craft and um, industry that you guys help build and promote here. So thanks for what you're doing, and it's just, yeah, thanks for bringing back a, a haunted the house on the, on the Gulf Coast. Absolutely. And, you know, our vision with the with the whole warehouse is uh, and where we're, we're, we're gearing up this year for uh, we're getting ready for private events. And, and we, we, we want to bring a private event center to the Mississippi Gulf Coast, a movie quality private event center. So most of your private event centers and venues are, are you know, a square room with carpet, chandeliers. They all look the same. Uh, they're, they're kind of sterile you know, if you will. So we want to add a spice, a touch of New Orleans, and, and that's what we're doing up front. We built a western town. We built two, a city block of Paris. We built Havana, Cuba. And, you know, we built a full 1,500-square-foot stage, theater stage. So there's a lot to see in the building. And this year we're starting to hold uh, events, book events on the weekends and, and during the week and conventions and stuff like that so people can come enjoy the, the movie prop side. But we're still a prop company. You know, we still rent. We work on over 100 films a year, and they're all in New Orleans. We've got stuff from G.I. Joe to Planet of the Apes, Jack Reacher, all the new TV series, The Purge. We just got finished working on that. And, um, but wow. I mean, we work on a lot of films. And, and what we do, we bring all these props back and all these sets and we rebuild them in our warehouse in a vignette style so people can enjoy them. That's, that's great. And such a, such a unique opportunity. I just don't think you can find that anywhere else in Mississippi. Uh, Kevin Mitchell, you guys are easy to find online. We encourage people to check out Terror on the Coast and the warehouse in general. It is time for our final break, but when we return, we'll welcome hip-hop artist Silas. Don't go far because you don't want to miss what's coming up on MPB Think Radio. Traveling through Oxford or Tupelo, stuck in traffic in Jackson or Meridian, or cruising along the coast in Biloxi or Ocean Springs, MPB goes with listeners wherever they go. Your company's message can go along, too. Go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting to find out how. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. 
You're listening to MPB Think Radio. This is Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Mary Margaret Miller here today with Kamel King. Now it is time for our favorite part of the show, welcoming our music guest into the studio. We are super pleased to have with us today hip-hop artist Silas, a prolific yes. Jackson-based artist who has been with us not too long ago, but here again with another album. Welcome, yeah. Silas. Hey, how y'all doing? Thank you Silas for got a new project out. I huh? do, I do. Today, well, as of last night at 11 o'clock 12 central is out the last cherry blossom wow are you excited oh man i'm 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 still on top of the cloud right now (laughs) man i'm not ready to come down hopefully i'll be up there for a couple of weeks but i love it I'm, i'm excited well tell us about this project i mean you have some other projects out i mean you're a prolific performer musician but tell us about this one and what makes cherry blossom so special um, so we're coming uh, coming from the release of The Day I Died, uh, 2016. Um, but what makes The Last Cherry Blossom so special is just it's about my growth as an artist um, and, and where I've been and where I've coming from since I dropped that album. I'm just in a, I'm in a great space right now. Um, it's about, it's a celebration of, you know, uh, you know and, and a thank you to my fans for accepting me for who I am and, you know, letting me express myself and make the music that I'm supposed to make. And, and I'm just happy right now. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. And speaking of your fans, you have been taking it to your fans a lot lately. Yeah. Tell our listeners a little bit about what you've been up to. Um, basically, we've been up to a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we've uh, we had an incredible album rollout. Um, like we dropped a new video that was called "The Return." Um, we uh, we we previewed the album. If you pre-ordered, you are able to listen to the title track, "Cherry Blossom." Uh, we had a beer release party um, and a also listening party. Beer release, yeah. <laughs> I got my own beer, people. There um, you go. <laughs> yeah, we had that. A uh, shout out to a Lucky Town Brewing Company, um, and the beer is called Cherry Blossom, um, titled after the name of the album, The Last Cherry Blossom. So we've we've been we've been rolling. That Man, is so cool. What yeah. a great partnership. Yeah. Now, before that, you actually had a private listening party uh, with tastemakers and people who uh, that you respect and whose ears and opinions you respected. Yeah. Tell us why you decided to do two separate things like that. So I just wanted to, uh, I wanted to, you know, just put some ears, and I wanted to get a little bit more intimate, um, you know, than I could do in an open setting, like like the because the listening party was huge, and you know, we had, you know, I, we had a lot of people come out. I can't remember the exact number, but it was a lot of people, and I couldn't really touch bases with every one of them like I really wanted to. Mm-hmm. So uh, the private listening session was just for me to, you know, talk to a few, you know, a couple of heads and just give them my thought process on on making the tracks and how we mix and mastered everything and how, you know, um, how we recorded it. Now, Silas, we had you on the show when you debuted The Day I Died, your mm-hmm. your first album. So talk a bit about where you've been since that album dropped and, and where you are now with uh with The Last Cherry Blossom. That sounds like a real formative year for you. Yeah, it's it's huge. Um I think we were just talking about this outside. Uh and just being honest, you know, I was in a place where I was very unsure of myself when the day I died dropped. I was just thinking like, you know, uh this is the first time ever that I'm going to just be completely honest uh, with the people who support me. And it was a thing where I was like, I hope they take to it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just going to tell the truth and, and, and I hope they can accept it and uh, and give me some feedback from it. And, and, the, and the last cherry blossom is like, 
they gave it to me and it worked mm-hmm. and, and they and, and they are letting me they are embracing me for being me and, and just being the person that I am right now who I really you know what what I aspire to be and that's what it's really about it's just about me um I'm I'm in a great place you know mm-hmm. I would say I was kind of sad but now I'm happy mm-hmm. I am truly happy and I'm appreciative for the people who support me right now um because you know like Everywhere, but more so than anywhere, you know, Jackson, Mississippi is responsible for putting me where I am right now. Mm-hmm. So as a hip hop artist, I mean, was that hard to show vulnerability as a, as a man in your community and to be that honest, that transparent? Oh, yeah. It's, it's always hard. You know, it's like walking in, you know, into a Spartan arena and, you, and you're like, <laughs> you know what? I don't need my armor today. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, he has a sword. It's not gonna pierce my skin, you know, and it could. So yeah, it was extremely hard, and but I think um, it helped me grow as an artist. Yeah. You know, I don't think I could have made the last cherry blossom if I had not made the day I died. Um, it was very, very important for me to just be vulnerable and uh, and let people in. See, I like the way that Mary Margaret brought you in. You're a Jackson-based hip-hop artist. You are not a local artist. And if anybody has ever listened to your music or seen you perform, I mean, it, you're exactly right. You're very honest. I mean, you bleed yourself out. Your your songs are very emotional. Uh, you know, you tell your story in, in so much authenticity uh, that it has drawn in a lot of people. So tell us what made you decide to be purely and honestly and painfully who you are versus going with the thousands of gimmicks that, you know, so many artists decide to go with? Um, I think because that's the easy way out. And I've done it before. You know, mm-hmm. I've been making music for a long time. And it'll work, you know, but how long will it work? You know, how long will it take for people to figure out who you really are? Mm-hmm. And it was just me, you know, just wanting to have that authenticity and above anything else to make timeless music. I wanted to make something that you can put in in about 40 years and it's like it still sounds good like I want to be played right next to you know Marvin Gaye and Michael mm-hmm. Jackson and whoever um I just wanted to have stay in power and I wanted to connect with people and, and you know and resonate with them not for just for a trend for the moment but something they can like say man I remember I was young and uh and they're showing this to their kids or their grandkids and this guy this is a guy I came up on you know his name is Silas I want to introduce you to him, and they introduce it to the next generation. Yeah. Now, Silas, I have not listened to the album. I'm really excited uh, to get my hands on a copy today. I have a road trip, so like the perfect opportunity <laughs> to yeah. like listen in full. Cool. Um, but when I first was introduced to you, you were known as the hip hop trumpeteer. Is that still part of what you do? Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, I got a lot of trumpet playing on the album. You got to really pay attention. I got some buried, buried, very, very deep. And album, I got some more parent than other, but yeah, we got a few tracks. So I'm still playing trumpet, um, and also it's going to be a lot more trumpet playing in the live show too. Very cool. Now behind the scenes, uh, the listeners, of course, can't see anybody, and uh, you know, but you have a partnership that you've had with Kamikaze, you know, and I've seen you guys together, you know, from the start and everything, and have stuck together strong, and it's been a great relationship, you know, for the public to see. But tell us how the you know this symbiotic relationship kind of happened. So it happened. Um, believe it or not, I was at work. Uh, he called me. Uh, I couldn't answer the phone because I was at work, and I work while I'm at work. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, I got a 15-minute uh, break, and I, I listened to the voicemail, and he, and he hit me up, and he was like, hey, just give me a contact. I want to chop it up with you. And he told me he liked what I was doing. 
Um, but he was interested in helping me, you know, to, to achieve new goals and take it to the next level. And we met up, and from there, you know, we're here now. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, lots of cool collaborations, lots of uh, touring coming up, lots of opportunities to see you. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell First of all, tell us where we can find the album. And um, and then also um, tell us where you'll be, where we can see you live. So the album is on all streaming platforms. You can find it on Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, Tidal, Deezer, Google Play. Wherever you can get music from is going to be there. Um, YouTube, SoundCloud. Um, and the tour has already started. If I'm not mistaken, we'll be in Ohio um, this week. Is it Thursday, maybe? Louisville, Thursday. Louisville. Okay. You've uh, already yeah. got that tour brain, you know, yeah, where you don't yeah. know which city you're in. I love it. Yeah, I'm switching out of album mode into touring mode. There you go. But I yeah. tell you, y'all listen. Everybody listening right now, if you hear my voice, you are hearing a superstar. And I don't mean in the sense of superstar of made up. This guy is organically going to grow to be a leading voice in hip-hop and in all facets of music and entertainment. Y'all heard it here. This guy is the real deal. Check his album out, Cherry Blossom. That's right. Cherry Blossom now available everywhere. We're having a little bit of difficulty pulling in a song this afternoon, so we're going to have to play one of your old ones, The Wiz. But, Silas, we appreciate you being in studio. Thank you for coming back to join us on Next Stop Mississippi. All right, and thank you, our listeners, for joining us today. It's been a great show, and we've been all over the state telling you about what makes this place such a unique and fascinating place to live.